Hello there, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Confused Breakfast Podcast. Do you remember the pure joy of a trip to the video rental store as a kid? Sure do. The excitement of walking down the aisles, browsing the names and the artwork, and finally picking out a movie. Sure, it's hard to beat the ease of the modern era (laughs) and streaming platforms where you don't even have to leave your couch, but there was something truly special about digging yourself out of a snowstorm and making that trip, picking a movie out by hand, and watching when you got home. On this podcast, we revisit and dissect some of our favorite childhood movies from that magical era to see if they still move us the way they did as kids. I'm your host, Mike Schulte, and joining me as always, a moron and a putz, Sean Pryor and AJ Vens. How the heck are you? I would I would give my life if Walter Math if I could hear Walter Math call me a putz. Yeah. If he just goes putz. Yeah. If Jack Lemon would call me moron. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. If he was outside my house randomly and he was just said, oh, good morning, dickhead, I'd be completely fine with that. Yes. I'd be like, Mr. Levin, it's great on <laughs> Do no, you? I uh, seriously don't like you. I know, it's fine. No, it's no. <laughs> Do you think they're on Cameo? I bet. I'm sure they're still there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. It's just... Oh, that's it for us, you guys. Uh, it's been a great run. Thank you so much for being here. What? What? So? Cameo. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, boys. On this episode, we discuss a movie that solidified one of the greatest on-screen comedy duos of all time, their sixth appearance out of 10 total movies together, the 20th highest grossing movie of the year, grossing nearly the same amount as Ace Ventura, if you can believe it or not. Nice. A movie featuring the best of enemies and the worst of friends. Mm. We're, of course, talking about 1993's Grumpy Old Man. The farts. It's Wednesday morning. It's early. Way too early for you. You're probably sitting in traffic, like me. Why not have your coffee and bacon with the confused breakfast boys? Good morning, boys. Morning. Damn, dang it. So this movie was chosen directly by our Patreon members, 49%. We put up wow. uh, five Thanksgiving-ish movies on the docket. 49% of the vote was Grumpy Old Men. It defeated Son-in-Law at 32%. I thought That's Son-in-Law... That's kind, of kind of amazing. I thought Son-in-Law was the pick, but uh, the other three were Dutch... Beethoven, and you've got mail. I will be watching Dutch this Thanksgiving. So many people... (laughs) Have you ever seen it? Yes. Okay, so many people have been like, Dutch, Thanksgiving, Dutch. So uh, it's on my docket. I'm going to go ahead and watch it. Maybe it'll win next year. If you don't agree with this, the only way to help is to join our Patreon. You vote on upcoming movies, bonus weekly audio content, private Discord server, and more. There's like 100 hours of bonus content at this point ready for you. You click it, boom. You go. Patreon.com slash Confused Breakfast. There is a Christmas movie vote coming up soon, so if you don't want the wrong Christmas movie to fall into the review, you gotta join. Guys, there's not only just a vote that goes on, there's an entire debate that goes on in the comments of Patreon. Yes. You can sway votes, swing the votes, you can just pull a complete upset. If you voted for Dutch... Rig the machines. Yeah, if you voted for Dutch and then you logged back in, you're like, Dutch is not gonna win. Yeah. I need to throw my vote somewhere else. You can do that. You can do that, too. Revote. All right, it's your fault if you don't like this movie. Die Hard 
is a Christmas movie. <laughs> no. All right. Calm down. <laughs> well, if you're new to this podcast, we will be reviewing this movie with a modern eye. But in order to properly do that, we have to discuss it with pure nostalgia so we can strip it away. Yeah, get it out of here. AJ, start with you. Tell us the first time you saw this movie and what your nostalgic rating is, bro. Nope, never seen it. Whoa. N.A. for AJ. For real, dude? Wow. No, I've never seen Grumpy Old Men. I can remember specifically on TBS whenever it'd say, Grumpy Old Men Grumpy coming old up man. at 8 o'clock, 7 central. <laughs> and I would just be like, nope, I'm not going to watch that because it's about grumpy old men and uh, I don't want to do deal with that as I'm a child. I'm not, I'm not I'm not old. I'm not a man. I'm a young boy. And I, I'm not grumpy yet. So I don't identify <laughs> with any part of this. I'm an N.A. Sean, what about you, man? Um, I think my dad loves this movie. I'd have to uh, check on that. But um, he actually gave me, when I was moving into my apartment, he gave me a DVD uh, VHS double like t- t- TV yeah. tube set. And uh, I would use that just to watch the VHSs I had. And inside the VHS was a copy of Grumpy Old Men. Um, but I remember him liking this movie a lot. And I remember watching it and just being like, oh, I want to turn on Ed and Eddie. And so I did. <laughs> uh, but uh, back then, it pro- like, I, you know, it's like AJ said, it's about Grumpy Old Men. Why would I, as a kid, want to watch that? But I did watch it. And I'd probably have to say back then, I'm, I just. Wasn't into it. I'm going to say a two. A two for Sean. This was a VHS movie for us. We bought the, this was like the height of the VHS era. We owned this. Our family watched it all the time. Grandma Schulte would come up with her amazing laugh and would laugh her <laughs> ass off at this movie. This was right kind around like the time. That. Yeah. A couple, <laughs> couple of heartthrobs, Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau, coming like, back for a resurgence. There he is. There he, there he is. is. There he Silver is. Fox. <laughs> This was one of this was right around the era where I was I moved from St. Louis to Cedar Rapids, so we had the Dodge Caravan with the middle seat taken yeah. out and one of those VHS yes. TVs, that, <laughs> yeah. and we it was like Dumb and Dumber, Grumpy Old Men, and the Santa Claus was like all that we watched <laughs> on our drive back and forth. This yes. movie, this movie was hilarious. Looking back, I definitely didn't get some of the sex jokes, <laughs> uh, but uh, I just thought it was funny. I liked that my parents liked it, so I was an eight point five. Wow. So so, um, that, you know, taking AJ out of that, that's going to take us to a 5.25 on the nostalgic meter, which, again, we don't put much stock into that. No. But a 5.25 is slightly better than 51st Dates and slightly worse than Tremors. Very bottom. I mean, we're talking bottom six, bottom seven. Wow. Nostalgically of any movie we've done. No, I get that about Tremors. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather deal with Tremors than Grumpy Old Men. That's yes. <laughs> true. Cool. Which they probably have. They probably are dealing with it too. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a shame. Uh, yeah. So next is time to learn all the pertinent, important <laughs> details of the movie. Sean, that's your job. Let's hear what you got, man. Let's go. Produced by Richard Berman and John Davis. Written by Mark Stephen Johnson. Also wrote the sequel, Grumpy Old Men, Daredevil uh, with uh, Ben Affleck, Simon oh. Birch, and. Jack Frost with Michael Keaton, which we will be covering. <laughs> we will. It might be our Christmas voting. You never I, know. I hope so. Daredevil. I didn't. I didn't place that in the uh, the warm family friendly uh, uh, genre, but here we are. It's there. There we go. It's there now. Cool. Edited by Bonnie Kohler. Music by Alan Silvestri. Directed by Donald Petrie. He also directed Miss Congeniality. How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Oh, such masterpieces as, as this. <laughs> um, Jack Lemon. Sorry, here's a cast. Jack Lemon. Walter Matthau, and Margaret, Burgess Meredith, Daryl Hannah, Kevin Pollock, Christopher McDonald, and Ossie Davis. 
Writer Mark Steven Johnson was a graduate at Winona State University and had sold his script to producers Berman and Davis, and the duo went to try and sell the story to produce the movie. Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis were considered for John and Max, but turned down the opportunity. Mm. Jack Lemmon was on board almost immediately, but Walter Matthau was hesitant. With some edging and encouraging from Lemmon and Matthau's son, Walter agreed to do the project. Sophia Loren was the first choice for Ariel, but Anne Margaret was cast, and in the sequel, Sophia Loren got her shot. Interesting. Yeah. So, so Sophia Loren wanted the job, but Anne Margaret took it? I'm pretty sure she might have turned it down because I think she was the first choice, or she, like, maybe she gotcha. was busy doing another project. But then, yeah, she got uh, she's, on the sequel. She's like, she's like, I'm gonna see how this pans out. <laughs> Smart move. <laughs> and then I'm gonna join in on the next round. Yeah, a lot of people okay. didn't think it was gonna do well. Like even Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau are like, yeah, it's just a fun time. Whatever. Yeah, we'll just let's just get the whole band back together. Yeah. I'll just go with my pal to dreary. Arctic-soaked Minnesota. Minnesota. Cool. (laughs) The script was rewritten to heighten the comedic aspects. The film began production in January of 1993 in Minnesota. The crew had to hold off actually shooting until February because of the lack of snow. During filming, Walter Matthau contracted pneumonia and had production and had to have production be halted. Uh, The production was wrapped on June 23rd, 1993. Grumpy Old Men opened on Christmas Day in 1993 and was a big hit. On a budget of 35 million, the film made 70 million at the box office and would garner a sequel. That is all I got. Kind of still disappointed there wasn't a grumpiest old man. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. There had didn't they say that there was going to be there was talks of one and then I think they just kind of I don't know. I have the perfect casting for grumpiest old men. I'll, okay, who's I'll that? let I'll let you know. Oh, later. you're gonna you're gonna save that? Okay. I'll, I'll tell you later. So you're saying the listener needs to hold on and keep listening to understand what you're about to, to say. So so they can get the the gem of information I'm gonna give them. That's correct. <laughs> hold on. It's oh, super important. You're gonna love it. This is where we need the sound bite of Sean going, Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there, sir. We'll get there. <laughs> Professional podcaster over here. <laughs> well we know you have at least one friend who loves this movie just as much as you do. There's a literally a little share icon on whatever app you use where you can just hit it and then you can direct message this to a friend. If this is your oh. dad your brother, your buddy, you're like, oh, we used to watch this all the time. Share it to him. Just go, you should hear these cool guys. They're awesome. That is one of the best ways you can support this podcast. You can also check out confusedbreakfast.com. All of our ratings are there. You can get merch. You can do all that fun stuff. And if you're caught up, obviously go back to our Patreon. Like we said, patreon.com slash confusedbreakfast, bonus audio, all that fun stuff. Up next, AJ does the research for us, uh, hooks us up with ratings, reviews of critics and fans alike. What do you got, man? Mike Schulte dropping truth bomb. We're about to go to t- torpedoes from the tomato, tomato meter. Torpedo meter. Torpedo tomato. I almost said it. You- torpedo tomato. Tomato torpedo. You know, <laughs> whatever. Sixty-four percent on the tomato meter for grumpy old men. That's Dude. that is the equivalent of a of a grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is that is absolute middle of the pack of any movie we've done. It's slightly worse than Home Alone, slightly better than The Sandlot. <laughs> is where the critics feel like this movie landed. That's so. like asking your grandpa to watch your dogs and your grandpa just responding with <laughs> So you're not no you don't know if like they want to or not. Yeah, and then they just do. It's just a thumbs up. Yeah, that there's a zero. <laughs> cool, because <laughs> that's all they can text. Yeah, it's you <laughs> writing a paragraph and then it's just thumbs up. Thumbs up. <laughs> that's ex- that's the equivalent. That's like, Grandpa, was that emphatic or not? I have no idea. <laughs> Grandpa, also, can you make sure you figure out the Wi-Fi password? I'm coming over in a week. Yeah. I don't know need, what we're going to need is. to find that little piece of paper. Well, I was hoping you'd do that when you came over. 
So, <laughs> also, the DVD player's not working. I can't get the VHS player to play the DVD. Oh, the, God. The hit of me <laughs> cable is broken. <laughs> Oh, uh, okay. Well, <laughs> audiences thought it was a little bit better at 74%, and IMDb coming in at 7.0. Oh, <laughs> you get how many guesses of all the movies? We've done like 100 and something movies. How many movies have we done that have been in a 7.0? At least 50. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we've, done, we've done half the movies. Half the movies. Of all the movies, I would say 30 of them are a 7.0. You, you guys are over exaggerating. Okay. It's 10 total. <laughs> Okay. So this movie ties with nine other movies. Uh, many of the the equivalents here: Wayne's World, Happy Gilmore, Uncle Buck, and Austin Powers is what the audiences feel this movie is tied with. All so those movie have all those movies have uh, a, a lot of energy to them. So so all the, to the a lot of the greatest movies ever basically are just seven point seven point But if you're six point nine, you didn't make the uh, cut, and you're now officially uh, trash. <laughs> all right, got it. Seven point yeah. one masterpiece. Masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see here, guys. Uh, Jay Carr at the Boston Globe. He just he's making around as much as uh, as Raj yeah, these days. Fifty out of a hundred. The trouble with grumpy old men is the patronizing attitude, ageism, really, that takes a too broad approach to their geriatric world and renders it plastic. It is too cute and sanitized to allow its performers much in the way of opportunity. Mm, okay, okay. Basically saying you're you've 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 washed away anything or any any table for Lemon and Mathow to sit at. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, USA Today gave it a 63 out of 100. The film barely skims the 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 grimmer realities of growing old, sickness, money problems, loneliness, and death. Still, you couldn't think of two better Grinches to spend the holiday with than Lemon and Mathow. Dig it. Yeah. Yeah, you almost feel like if if this movie didn't have them in it, ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll we'll get there. Oh, (laughs) Oh. hold on. Soundbite. Professional podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, soundbite. Give it to us. Yeah. Oh, we'll get there. (laughs) Recorded. Got it. Um, all right, guys, let's see. Uh, I'm kind of all over the place with these, and I wanted to get some short ones out of the way. Uh, the first one is a 10 out of 10. They just said, it's a hoot. <laughs> okay? That's it? And it's, well, they, okay. they had a, a small tidbit. Uh, I like the bit with the men in it. Made it more special by the fact that they were grumpy. And old. You forgot that. <laughs> a 6 out of 10 could have been... <laughs> <laughs> this is, oh, I should probably end with no I'm not going to nope nope 6 out of 10 could have been more believable said Mookie <laughs> Mookie <laughs> 20, 20. Is Mookie oh by the way by the way <laughs> by the way warning spoilers oh no and Margaret would never hook up with homeboy <laughs> that, is <very> <laughs> that is all <laughs> I think this is like I think this is like a whole conversation of people sitting around around like a, a table. So, so it's like uh, Sean asked me what I thought of it. What I thought? What do you think of Grumpy Old Men, dude? Bro? I don't know. I don't know, man. It could have been more believable. Yeah, you know. Well, I mean, like Anne Margaret never hook up with homeboy, bro, dude. Seriously, <laughs> I mean, that that's my, all. That was my thoughts exactly. See, like I can't. <laughs> If I had to stand somebody, it yeah. would not be Jack Lemon Brown. <laughs> it would not be Jack. <laughs> she's way too hot for that. Yeah, dude. <laughs> she's, more, uh, she's more Walter Matthau. <laughs> Whoa. She's a Burgess <laughs> Meredith. <laughs> uh, 
7 out of 10. To me, it was more of a sweet slice of life movie instead of a comedy, said uh, Plankton Rules. Uh, <laughs> have, we, have we had him on here before? Uh, no. <laughs> that sounds familiar. Not many people have Plankton. He's, a, he's a big SpongeBob fan. Plankton uh, Rules. <laughs> <laughs> but he gave it a 7 out of 10 I enjoyed Grumpy Old Men But was surprised as it seemed less funny than I expected And was more a poignant slice of life film Especially at the end This is not a complaint Just an observation I love it Gracias <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do you guys want good or bad to end it? Bad mm, Bad? Yeah Okay yeah. Always, Sean <laughs> <laughs> Three out of ten. Humor runs cold, said Ron L. Salas. The simplest problem with grumpy old men is that it isn't very funny. It mostly plays off the animus between Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau's characters. Objectively, it isn't executed very well. But if you don't happen to be a fan of Lemon, the film's problems only double. Okay. If you tell me that you're not a fan of Jack Lemon. You can suck my grumpy old pole. Yeah. Okay. Why? Why? How? What could you possibly be not a fan of? Yeah. With Jack Lemon. Jack Lemon, I have found over the years has become one of my favorite like comedic actors. Yeah. Who has just like just throughout time has just given us an all time awesome performance. 100%. Most every time he's on. So. Every like uh, uh, tw- uh, Twelve Angry Men. I love that movie. Like he and that movie is like a courtroom drama, and he shouldn't be funny in it, and mm. he's super <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. I, I think I, I love Jack Lemon. Oh, I'm sure we'll talk about it more, but yeah. That's all I got for you guys right now. All right. Well, before we dissect this movie scene by scene, I want to tell you how excited I am for Thanksgiving. Such a warm and cozy holiday. It gets gets overlooked every year. It's in between Halloween and Christmas, but like Hallow- or Halloween, no, Halloween is great. Thanksgiving really is like a fun, cozy, warm holiday. Ever since I could drink legally, of course, <laughs> I've always loved the camaraderie of sitting around a big table with my closest family, sharing drinks, sharing stories. When I was first able to share in this tradition, it was always wine like my parents used to do. Then as I entered my late 20s as a white male who was eventually going to get into podcasting, I, of course, wanted to bring craft beers to the table yeah. and talk about what being a hipster truly means to me and how Abs- thankful I am. This one's got a hint of chocolate. It goes <laughs> oh, well with the cranberry. Dad, would you like to try this? Ooh, this is a little bit medicinal. Mm. I love it. So am I. But my 30s were spent developing a love for whiskey, and whiskey pairs so well with the vibe of Thanksgiving. Obviously, the only choice for whiskey on your Thanksgiving table this year is Cedar Ridge Whiskey. Cedar Ridge is in our backyard here in Swisher, Iowa, and they truly make the best whiskey in the entire world. You might be able to stop at your local store and distributor pick some up. If not, you can go online to cedarridgewhiskey.com, order some straight to your door. I recommend the quintessential American single malt. That is what I'm calling for the tables. I think the quintessential American single malt should be on your table. It's perfect to drink neat or on the rocks. If you love scotch, try this. If you don't love scotch, try this. Because yes. it's literally it's the best of all worlds. Um, Fair enough. Really, drink responsibly as always. Thank Cedar Ridge. Send us your stories or reviews of the whiskey, and we will definitely chat about it on air. We are grateful for this awesome, awesome company for supporting this podcast. CedarRidgeWhiskey.com. 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 Well, my dudes, it's colder than a witch's titty out there. Before we start farting razor blades, we need to put all of our focus on figuring out how to take the skin boat to Tuna Town. <laughs> Damn it! Why did you have to take the best one for the... Holy moly. Holy moly. <laughs> Here we go! The temperature's rising 
isn't surprising, she certainly can, can, can. Started the heat wave. In Wabasha, Minnesota, retirees John Gustafson and Max Goldman are feuding next-door neighbors. Living alone, they spend their time ice fishing, trading insults, and pulling cruel practical jokes on each other. John is constantly dodging the attempts of IRS agent Elliot Snyder to collect a serious debt. We meet John's daughter, Melanie, Max's son, Jacob, and the store owner friend named Chuck. I am immediately laughing. In this movie, I don't know if this is, I don't know how well I'm gonna strip away the nostalgia of this, mm-hmm. but I'm immediately laughing when I see Walter Matthau on screen, like when he's saying, Dickhead! Like, yeah. immediately I am just drawn into this movie to be like, this is fucking awesome. Well, yeah, I agree with you uh, that I think that their chemistry together is awesome. I will concede to that because, like, immediately when they come out and, like, greet each other, he says, What's up, dickhead? <laughs> It's just like, I love these guys. I love these guys so much. There's an obvious chemistry that has been garnered over the years of them working together. Over five previous movies? Is this uh, this is their sixth out of ten movies that they've yeah. been like yeah. on-screen duos together. Yeah, and the obvious being uh, being the odd couple. Yeah. Uh, it's probably their most, like, w- yeah. maybe where you go to. It's, a, it's just an automatic chemistry that you get. Um, and a lot of the reviews that I read, like leading into this, is like they were just reduced to some potty humor and just being just old men just taking advantage of them being old and saying things that teenagers would say. And it's like, what's maybe, but what's wrong with that? They're the best ones to do that. It's called a juxtaposition. Yeah, get familiar, please. <laughs> I mean, Grow honestly, the fuck up. I could, I could agree if it was like s- some actors that I didn't have a much, as much care for than yeah. Lemon and Matthau, but or that weren't comedic g- genius duo, right? You know, exactly. But like royalty, if of anybody that I want to like hear tell fart jokes or yeah. call someone a dickhead, it's Walter Matthau and Jock Lemon, and just their faces, just how funny. Like oh. Walter Matthau has the most recognizable funny face yes. of all time. Huge and he looks, nose. He looks real rough in HD. Like he's not looking, <laughs> yeah. he's not looking great on the screen here. But it's interesting because these guys mostly would clash in their roles. Mm-hmm. Their roles were always that like headbutting role, but they were like the best of fucking friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, in real world, which and, I love, I love. Yes, <laughs> but and that's and that's so important, almost because like think about think about how you you and your friends act among each other. Like sometimes a, a term of endearment is like making fun of each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. like we were the whole trip we were out in, in Oregon. <laughs> to, we were like, yeah. Sean, why the fuck are you so mad? You know, like <laughs> like we're making, like whatever. We would just make fun of yeah. each other. It's that is a term of. I hope you realize. No, that I absolutely. fucking love you, yeah. and that's a term of endearment. No, I can't be offended. <laughs> it takes time to 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 become that comfortable. Yeah. You know, to, yeah. where you can call someone uh, yeah. an insult and know that they're not going to punch you. Yeah, or or the fact that you just know that the moment you call somebody moron, they're going to call you putz. Yeah, it's expected. And if they don't, you'd be like, dude, what's wrong? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, I I think that that's it's just a testament to their chemistry and and their long relationship. It's I great. do have to say to uh, beginning of these scenes uh, when the IRS agent yeah. is is after him. This is exactly how I act when I see the mailman. I'm like, <laughs> I gotta get out of here. The like, mailman. I don't want any news. <laughs> I don't want to know about like who I owe this time. I don't want to know what debts I have. I don't like <laughs> I'm a I'm a sucker for those like, oh, you just bought a house. Well, here you gotta pay us, and it's you like some some random i texted you i'm like yeah. do i pay attention to this no. you're like no i'm like okay good but i will get i'm a sucker for that so i don't like mail john's, john's climbing out his window as the mailman yeah. comes 
up. I love. I'm right here, dude. And there's the Midwestern human. I know. I know a lot of our listeners are from the Midwest, but many are from around the world, around the country. But that that perfect drop of the ope in there oh. from Jack Lemon when the IRS agent falls in like, oh, 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 yeah. oh better watch. I mean, that is just, that is that is a Midwestern dialogue right there. Oh, so you mind if I squeeze past you there? Yeah. Sorry about that. Oh, 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 excuse me, pardon me. Are you going to, are you going, oh, excuse me. Yep, excuse me. Oh, excuse me. If, you oh, see, if you've oh. seen our little teaser for what we have coming up uh, for the Goonies. Yeah. Um, we are uh, inside the Jeep. When, once the cop, the sheriff rolls up that we hired, <laughs> pretty much. Well, yeah, you can hear me in the background money. say, oh. <laughs> Without planning on well, it. No, it just, I, said, it just happens. Just happens. It, it is interesting to note that these guys had not been on screen together for 10 years before this movie. Yeah. So it had been a little while, and you can see how they were probably, I think they had kind of fallen from, from stardom a bit, and it was like, oh, yeah, those guys, you know. So it had been 10 years. That's why they maybe thought this movie wouldn't do so well, and they were just kind of like, man, whatever, it sounds fun. Like Sounds a like a good premise. Let's go do it. It's like a 10-year reunion to them coming back, and yeah. like they, they don't know what to expect. It's probably going to flop. It, who, who cares? It'll be fun for us. And then it just go. It's it's very well received. It's kind of different to watch this movie as an adult than it was as a kid. A lot of the kid watching of this was just like funny jokes and uh-huh, call them that. But there's a, there's a lot. We'll deal with it as we go through this whole thing. There's a lot of underlying like sadness to this movie. Like It, it portrays that the, both of these men... Like hate they hate each other, but they need each other. They are extremely lonely people. They, they're Jack Lemons playing chess against himself. Walter mm. Matthau's talking to the television. Like it, it really does mm. portray that like retired. Nobody comes to visit me. I don't have anything to do. I'm just counting down the time till I can go to bed so I can go ice fishing alone tomorrow. You right. know, like it. There, there is a little underlying sadness throughout this whole movie that that I got more upon this rewatch than I did as a kid. I agree with that, and uh, like as we'll see later in the film, I like any, especially like Walter Matthau, and if Jack Lemmon had done it, like if if an old person tears up, oh, I'm done for. Get the fuck like, out! Oh my god! Like everyone needs to be sad if if this man is sad or yeah. this lady is sad. Um, I hate that, but yeah, I, I uh, it, it does come across very well, and they do portray that very well. But also, uh, being 31 now and watching this you're fucking old dude um i'm just like i relate so hard to some of this shit like, <laughs> like what? just like being annoyed at the like the most mundane things like a mailman <laughs> or you know uh t- s- snow even snow. just like god looking out it. the window looking out the window and be like oh god did <laughs> i did i cover the grill did i did I? Oh, I didn't get any salt for the sidewalk. Go or like, uh, like the like the guy in Trick or Treat. The ending. He's like, ah, he just doesn't want anybody to visit him. You know, like, I'm, like anybody comes around, like, oh, do we really have to make plans today? Fuck. Oh, I have to shovel. <laughs> just, I have to shovel my car out tomorrow. I'm becoming a curmudgeon. A curmudgeon. And someone needs to break me out of it. No, nah, we're not gonna, man. We like it. All right, cool. Well, and it's fun that like the old age. I love how they really they really poke on how older people are of that age range, like talking about different ways to die and like hearing that someone died in their sleep and being like, awesome. awesome. <laughs> what a way to go. <laughs> what Love a way that. to go. Or, uh. or talking about ailments. Yeah. Like that is how I'm, none of my grandparents are around anymore. RIP. I, I miss them all. But like 
hearing them talk about like, oh, I've got to take this medicine for like, yeah. oh, I got to take my back pill, you know, like yeah. from, from Christmas vacation. <laughs> yeah. That is that is the epitome of literally being in your 60s, 70s, 80s and just being like, yeah, I'm talking about all the problems I have. Before I, I take my back sci- pill, I got to take my hip pill because <laughs> if I take my back pill without my hip pill, my hips are going to hurt. You got a strained sciatica that would make you, your lumbargo look like eye strain. It's like, it's like just, just one-upping each other's ailments of just being old. Exactly. I'm older than you. No, I'm older. No, I'm just I've dealt with more. Ugh. Yeah, that's gotta be a that's that's not that's not a great way to <laughs> <laughs> to exist, right? I mean Yeah, no. It can't like be. It. No. no, it can't be. <laughs> what do you think about Daryl Hannah, Melanie and and then Jacob? Who plays Jacob? Uh, uh Kevin Pollock. Kevin, yeah, Pollock. What, what do you think about both them being in this movie? Uh, Kevin Pollock, every time he shows up, I love him. Daryl yeah. Hannah, obviously, uh, you know, it's shocking to see her this young just because oh, I'm yeah. I'm just She's had more of a career starting like right about here, I think. Um, and so you see her a little bit older, but I mean, honestly, she hasn't really aged. But uh, I like both of them, and yeah. uh, I, I I like that they hint at a, a, you know a bit of a history there. I like that about sure. Her. I'm a huge Kevin Pollock fan. He's uh, he's on that list for me of uh, if 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 he's in something, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch so closely on like while he's on screen. Um, or if he's in it, then I'll probably watch it. Yeah. You know, uh, I think he just does a great job, and it's. Uh, I, I love this idea that their kids are grown and gone for a long period of time. Not just like they just became empty, empty nesters; yeah. they've been empty nesters and like on their own for twenty. Yeah, we're years. assuming they're they're. We'll get into that later. We're assuming their wives have been gone for a while right. too, and that they've just been living in their houses yeah. with no one there for at least five, six to ten years. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I yeah, and I I love the I like that they're. I don't know that it's like the the greatest subplot that that ever could be or anything, but the the sexual tension of children of the of the kids of the guys who hate each other. Yeah, it's like this very weird Midwestern Romeo and Juliet kind of thing. But the par- but the parents they want them to they love want to each happen. other's kids. Yeah, I love that more yeah. than I love their story. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think I think that's the better part of it is that every time. Every time Jack sees uh, uh, John, John sees uh, Jake, he's like, "Oh, Jake, hey, what's hey up, how Jake, are you, my boy? Hey, hey Melanie's coming over. He's like, yeah, <laughs> Melanie's gonna be stopping by. It's like, and I think she's having marital problems. So it's like, <laughs> we're, we're real good at go. Things are great around here. She's having marital problems. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With fucking Mike. Yeah, stupid Mike. And and then even later on, like uh, uh, Max is like, oh, you see Melanie? Is she over there? Is she she look good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Uh huh. Come on now. <laughs> I got some pills I can give you. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, I'm just saying. Uh, there, there was an interesting note that I did read that when Max was when Max was changing John's television, pranking on him, you know, like the funny moment of like the yeah. changing the, he's trying to f- see the lottery. It kept going, it kept going. There was three different Little Caesars commercials, <laughs> yeah. dude. It's big deal back and then. Little bro. Caesars was huge. They must have been then. a sponsor. They had it to have had been. to have been, <laughs> dude. Uh, do you, did you guys ever get Little Caesars pizza when you were younger? Oh yeah, pizza, pizza, pizza. pizza. boom. <laughs> One of you owes each. Never mind. Uh, but uh, no, like the, I remember, like Little Caesars pizza. Oh yeah, dude, we're getting Little Caesars pizza tonight. It was like the best thing ever. When you're like, when you have like your parents have four boys and they can buy 
when they can spend fifteen dollars on pizza and get three large pizzas, and then you, you spring for the crazy you bread. You're it. like, this is a fucking good night, dude. <laughs> Did they get a two liter? Yeah. Oh shit, we're gonna be off the oh, wall. Dude. Two two liters, dude. <laughs> dude, let's let's do the gallon challenge tonight. Pepsi and Mountain Dew, God, dude. <laughs> Suicide, bro. <laughs> Suicide. <laughs> Graveyard. <laughs> I threw some of mom's fresco in there too. What's a graveyard? <laughs> a graveyard? Yeah. Graveyard is when you when you're at the fountain, like the fountain drink, okay. and you take your whole your your cup and you do you do some of everything. I thought that was a suicide. That's it just, well, it's the same thing. Okay, it's just different names. Yeah, like suicide. I think suicide is the point of of like mixing stuff that obviously shouldn't go together, ah. and then you put up with it because you're a kid. And you don't want to seem like you're an idiot <laughs> for doing it. But then a graveyard is like this is totally on purpose because and what? I'm doing Are everything. You watching me? Even think, even the my- brisk iced tea is going in. <laughs> even the water tap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the water tap too. The whole water spritz. I think it might be called a graveyard because it just looks like mud. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. pouring oh. everything. Yeah. It's just, just weird clay-colored mud. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking gross. <laughs> well, scene two, John and Max both find themselves attracted to Ariel Truex, a free-spirited English professor who moves in across the street. Chuck has Thanksgiving dinner with Ariel, prompting John and Max to compete for her affections. Chuck dies, and Max discovers John's IRS debt. John begins to spend time with Ariel. Let's just let's take a moment okay. to talk about Burgess Meredith. Yes. Yeah. Is there I've cha- we've talked a lot about like dads and grandpas. Is is Burgess Meredith officially in the top 3 of the the dad or grandpa that you would love to have in your entire life? Yes. This this version of him is the best like I this is what I laugh about and this is what I think about when I think of grumpy old men. I think of him over everything else in this movie. Really? Because of how perfect he is in this role. He's such a curmudgeon. He's yes. he's he But is, is he? He's the final boss of curmudgeons. Okay. This <laughs> <laughs> is what he is. I don't think so. I th- I don't think he's a curmudgeon. You don't. He's like, how do you how do you have how do you, I think he's going through like an end life crisis is what he's doing. I don't know if it's a crisis. I, I think, think he's already been through it. Yeah, an end life realization. I think he's embracing that at any moment he could just keel over. And so like he's he's got that like whimsy, whimsy about him where he's just like doesn't give a fuck about anything. So he'll like he'll go to the supermarket and fart in front of anybody. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. Yeah. And like still I, expect to get laid by the person he farted. In exactly. Front of. Like he's hitting on somebody and farts like, oh, oops, sorry about that. Anyway, numbers. Numbers. Let's, let's numbers uh i i love that and that's what i want in a grandpa (laughs) i don't know um i i have this uh i do have this theory and i just thought of who would be grandpa or uh uh, Meredith Burgess. Okay. Burgess Meredith. Burgess Meredith. I know. I was second guessing myself yeah. as I said. I'm like, am I saying this backwards? Burgess <laughs> Meredith. Yeah, she's super hot. Yeah. D- Daryl Hannah's in. He's a heartthrob. Hannah uh, Daryl. Hannah Daryl's. <laughs> Daryl Hannah's. Wow. He's something. No. Uh, so I, I have I have thought about this in like this recasting, right? And and you know what? I think it should be what what you should just call the grumpiest old men. Okay. Not not grumpy old men. Revisited, okay, okay. Re- redone. But I have a recasting of it, uh, and so I think I think that the this person is Jack Lemon of our generation, and that's Brian Cranston. Oh, oh my god! Think about his mannerisms. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Dude, I'm in. I'm already Boom. in. I don't even care who your next guys are. You're going to care. Are you ready for this? Because Max would be Jeff Bridges. Ooh. <laughs> Shit. <sighs> I want this. The, are you, the way that he talks, man, it's just like... <laughs> man, man. <laughs> yeah. Basically just an older dude. Yeah. yeah. And now now for, for uh, Ariel, okay. I have two. I think I think I would happily take either one. Okay, me and Sean get to decide. You guys can decide if you okay. want to try. Okay. Okay. If you want to try, it would either be Halle Berry, wow, or Julianne Moore. Ooh, I say it's Halle Berry. Why not? Has she been around for? Has she been in anything like in the last five ten years She's that been I can in think a of? Movie called The Call that didn't do very well, but. I just think that Obviously either no of them, either of them either, would be I'm cool with fantastic in this. Yeah, uh, Meredith Burgess. I'm Mer- going just Meredith. No, 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 no. Just <laughs> <laughs> Meredith. Well, dude, I'm a huge Rocky fan. I can't get his name. Mick, the guy who played Mick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Rocky's trainer. Rocky's trainer. Uh, be Anthony Hopkins. Ooh. <laughs> and think back to think back to. <laughs> His comedic role in Science of the Lambs. <laughs> his, no, yeah, no. His his comedic his comedic role in uh, what's the Brad Pitt flick? Um, oh, why uh, can't I think of it? With is it not? Is it Legends of the Fall? Legends of the Fall. Oh, his, my his God. amazing comedic role in, in Legends <laughs> of the Fall. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me separate you two again. <laughs> and this would be this would be. Directed by the Cohen brothers and produced by the Fairley brothers. <laughs> You're welcome. Wow. <laughs> okay, here I'll, I'll I'll give you there there will be a sequel to this movie because it will do so well. Okay. And, and then um, Halle Berry can be the first the Jack Lemmon's love interest, and then Julianne Moore can be yes yes yeah, like Walters, and grumpier yeah. same See? thing. So there'll yeah. be two of them. Also, can we put can I can I uh, put my little uh, producer cap on and uh, put a little spin on this? Please. Death is actually coming for them. <laughs> like it's a final yeah. destination kind of thing. Yeah. Oh my God. Like they're kind of avoiding death the whole time, but it's a funny caper. Things falling behind them. Yeah. The snow, the snow falling from the top. But they're not actually. scared of it because they don't. They're oblivious to it. Uh, oblivious or like the, uh, oblivious at first. Like halfway through the movie, they're like, "Oh, we realize that death is coming for us, and we have to like sacrifice a baby in order for it to stop or something like that." Mm. I'm just spitballing here. Right. I like it, man. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I really love but, it. Yeah, we'll do like the whole like kind of uh, uh, the old versus the young, and so it's literally that. Yeah, they have to sacrifice a baby. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Is that what you were? <laughs> is that what you were thinking or envisioning? Well, or? not really. <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> Ooh, here's a prop. <laughs> And then like a, a, a fa- uh, like a grandfather clock will be like one of the things that kind of like tips over and like might fall on them. Literally father time coming after them. <laughs> Did I got that belt? Okay. <laughs> Not yet. No, 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 keep going. <laughs> Sorry. What's the problem? No, uh, so speaking of how we got on this whole thing, Burgess <laughs> Meredith, there is a really awesome photo. I'm assuming it is of Burgess Meredith that is on like the coffee table of Jack Lemon's house. It's a framed photo of like a young Burgess Meredith. I want that and I want it hanging on our wall. I'm next. Yeah. I want the fishing pole. <sighs> the oh well, can you name it? Yes. I bet you can. Okay, wait, wait, and wait. Then I if can you can't, then AJ can steal it. Yes. <laughs> the green hornet. I've got No no, you got that, that's a foul. It's yeah, not, oh, sorry. You I'm didn't give him you didn't give him a chance. Yep. He, he had all the time in the world. <laughs> no, because I was talking. <laughs> yeah. I was he, literally he gonna it. say Mick. <laughs> Well, we'll get all right. You can, we'll it's already broken in point. half, and you can each have a piece of it. <laughs> Did you get to the point? I don't have all night, you know, just sitting. 
Gosh, I want, I want, I, I want, um, I want J- John's uh, fishing shanty. Ooh, yeah. Hell yeah. Those, those. Is it weird? Is this a sign of us getting older that I, I've never wanted to ice fish in my entire life? Until now, all of a sudden, I'm going. I'm going next year. What? Yeah, I'm excited. Wait, next year? Yeah, like in in the new in the new year, yeah, or like two winters from now, 2023. Okay, so like early 2023. Yeah, but let me ask you this: Do you like the idea of this whole solo? I I like how each of their little shanties is like their recluse. Like they're yeah. They each they they each have their like. Uh, Walter Matthau watches hockey on a grainy television. Dude, it's literally old time hockey. Dude, this is old time yes! hockey. Yeah. Yes, in a in. And you get your own little old time hockey shanty. Yeah, that's what like uh, uh, Max's thing. Mm-hmm. He's like putting on records, watching the hockey I game. I love it, man. No, uh, Jack Lemon's putting on records. Walter Matthau is watching. watching is that what's happening? They each kind of have their own right. thing that and they I like. Is, I assume it's like recorded hockey. Like it's not actually live. I don't know. Dude. I, I mean, it could be that, but because he's like fuzzy with the rabbit ears. Yeah, you know. I like to think that it was live. Either way, it's charming. Oh yeah. I, I I've never wanted to do that in my entire life until this rewatch. Yeah, it's awesome. Now I'm like, this sounds fun. I don't even really need to fish. To no, be no, I actually don't want to fish. <laughs> I just want to sit in there. Yeah, I just I just want to I just want to sit there with a little stove going and, and and like be cold, but be like warm enough to be like just enjoy it and and kick back with like coffee or cocoa and. And I then want it. beers, that's what I'm fishing for, like Max is later. <laughs> like, up, uh, oh, caught one. <laughs> um, speaking of when the Ariel arrives, I like uh, when they're both, like, gawking at her. And as all the movers are moving her stuff into the house, um, there's that picture of Jesus. And Jack Lynch is like, Jesus! Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> I love that moment. It's pretty intense to think about Ariel. Like, as a kid, you don't think much of it. But, like, she shows up just... Just disrupting. She's life. a whirlwind. She is. She is way too much to handle. And like if if this person moved in my neighborhood, I'd be like, "What the fuck is going on?" We need to get the HOA together. We need to get. The, we need to get <laughs> on the Facebook page and be like, "Is anyone snowmobiling tonight?" <laughs> Whoever's out there snow snowmobiling, there are regulations. <laughs> my child is trying to sleep. My- <laughs> I'm not gonna. <laughs> Please do. Oh, also, this- also, is anybody else having internet problems? <laughs> <laughs> Did the snowmobiler hit the box? <laughs> That's what it would be. Blame the internet on the snowmobilers. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Speaking of uh, HOAs and homeowners, yeah, this is a lesson to all you people out there who live in colder weather climates where maybe the temperatures dip below 30 degrees, below freezing, which is actually 32 degrees, oh. which is actually zero degrees zero Celsius. Degrees Celsius. Um, that was the lesson. That's no, I'm just great. joking. Uh, never ever leave your hose bib, like a, a an outdoor hose plugged no. in, to the bib, and then don't use it, even if it is plugged in. Awful. Yes. Just don't do that. That's not correct in this movie. Yeah, he's got basement flooding issues right now. Yeah, he's he's going through something. Like like he's his property value just went down. Oh yeah. Okay. In fact, this is the point of time to you that are listening to this. Unplug your hoses. Yeah, don't. I'm telling you right now. And do your best not to use a hose during this time. Okay, don't use one. Just letting you know, guys. Yeah. So is this where she comes into his house? She, yes, she just like, she basically just shows up. She just shows up into his house and is like wondering, like you can tell a lot about a person when by the shape of their bathroom is like, 
I'm I I'm so glad that every time like I had a a, a woman come over to my you knew a, she was apartment, coming. I knew she was coming, and so I cleaned the fuck out of that thing because if she saw that when I would, when she if she just came in randomly like this woman, it'd be it'd be bad. Is this every man's like single man's nightmare? Yeah, and well, and he's like right? use the ba- use the downstairs the one. Down no, one. I have I have a guest one. AKA I, I don't shit there. Yeah, and like so, that, <laughs> you know, because if she's going up, she's like, oh yeah, you can tell more from like you know from a bathroom than reading the poems. Like yeah, all you got to do is read the rings on the toilet, exactly, and that's how you find out about this man. Yeah, okay, like a, it's like an old tree. He just has a, yeah, it's like it's yeah, the, the the older the tree, the older the older the log. You know, <laughs> that's how you know uh-huh. with this toilet. We're having fun. Well, oh, we're having a good time. Having a good time. Uh, I told you. That. And this, like, imagine that dude shits because he's just eating spam yeah a whole he, a whole can of spam i thought it was i thought it was even a little bit better i thought it was maybe just a spam sandwich i'm pretty sure that went on to just a cutting board. Just a log and he just <laughs> it, sliced it out yes i mean i'm not gonna say i haven't been there yeah but i have been there hey you know and it, my shits were terrible <laughs> they came out lo- like they came out of the can that's basic they came out of the can and then they went into the can and then there's the rings you gotta read <laughs> yeah it's like reading it's like reading tea leaves in somebody's bowl. Yeah. Whereas, whereas the, the... You're not reading tea leaves, you're reading spam leavings. That's spam what you is do. like ham colored, but when it comes back out, it is graveyard colored. <laughs> yes, exactly. Here's where I have an issue with this movie is that it was made in the early 90s. Mm. And the early 90s is so fucking basic. And there are so many things that happen in the 90s that they're like, well, we have to do that in our movie too. Yep. And that is an I'm Too Sexy montage. Oh, thank God. Why does this movie, like every other movie in the early 90s, have to have an I'm Too Sexy or an I Want Candy montage? <sighs> because you- Is that a prerequisite of the Actors Guild from the early 90s? It was a selfish time, man. <laughs> You know, I was like, I want candy. I'm too sexy. I'm like, I like the vibe of this movie. Like ice fishing, two old two old men who are grumpy at each other, and yeah. then and then not too sexy for my shirt comes on. And I'm not like, said Fred too sexy. Yeah, I yeah. just <sighs> fucking Christ. Dude. I agree. I feel I felt the same way, dude. Why? I don't. I, I don't like <laughs> it. Is that just like? Stock montage music. I think, I think so. Is. I think it's on Google Stock yeah. Music. R- right said Fred and whoever wrote "I Want Candy." No one cares. Uh, basically, just said, you know what? Forever, it will cost you just let's call it a cool thousand bucks to put our song yeah. in a movie. Yep. <laughs> like Honestly, that, though, like that's just let's just call it that. Honestly, call it a cool though, thou. <laughs> like those might be one hit wonders, and like if only. Any any musician just wants a one hit wonder because I'm sure if that's true they got paid millions and they're just sitting on that just sitting on just it. sitting on like any time that movie uses something like that oh yeah you know um, by the way uh, can we talk about how many laws Ariel's broken in this movie <laughs> please though there's you know uh, John is right she stole mail. She stole mail. Federal offense. That is a federal Fel- offense. Felony offense. Felony offense. <laughs> Tampering with someone's mailbox is a felony offense. Um, and you broke it, didn't you? You broke it, didn't you? <laughs> I paid for the beer man. <laughs> I paid for the beer man. <laughs> Just go. <laughs> Just go, man. This is okay. Can we, so okay. So can we get? Can we get the car from Out Cold? The guys, the guy, dry, the guys from Dazed and Confused driving it through the neighborhood of Grumpy Old Man. Yeah, we can do that. Can we just yes. get that all we put together? Do Don't Please worry. and thank you. Oh, all right, we got it, man. Uh, but no, and then she's so she's stolen mail. She had, and she's also broken, uh, breaking and entering how many times? Yeah, 
At least, at least once or twice. I'm just saying. And she's brandishing weapons at one point or another. Um, she's she's breaking uh, noise ordinances, yep. definitely with that. Doesn't have a flag on the back or, no. or a headlight on the back of that snowmobile. Not at all. Nope. Um, so... I think that ain't that, legal either. I think I mean we've already <laughs> we've already hit three, and that's not counting how many offenses of each individual one. Yeah, but she's hot. Two counts of of of, but she's hot. <laughs> yeah, but it's Anne Margaret. She's hot. She's you got know, one name, kind of. I don't know. Yeah, the typhonated. <laughs> Is that just her married names or we, something? We don't know. <laughs> Margaret Ann Margaret. I, I Margaret gotta, Ann Ann Margaret. I gotta say, man, like. It, I don't like. I can be charmed, but at this point, she's way too fucking much for me. To. I think. <laughs> Is that right? I think we're all agreeing on that. I think I mean, for the like, most part, most people are just like, "Whoa!" Whoa! Like she comes <laughs> into the pharmacy when both of them are in there, and I gotta imagine it's like seven in the morning. She's like, "How are you this fucking peppy? Will you tone it down?" Like if someone's talking way too loud in the morning, I'm like, I haven't had my eight cups of coffee before I'm, I can handle this. I'm dealing with my ailments. Yeah, and I've already vocalized. <laughs> I this. need my ointments. And now think if you're the other woman at the pharmacy, who's like behind the counter, dude. And, that was funny. <laughs> and she's just like she's just getting like straight up walled off from this conversation. <laughs> she didn't even. She said bye to everyone, but yeah. not her. Yeah, she she didn't say she didn't throw up deuces to to that other girl. She just Oof. said she just made sure all the men watched her sachet out of there. And that's how HOA started. And that's how. <laughs> <laughs> and that right there. Think we got another we got another tough issue here. We're talking about Mel. Mm. We're learning some very underlying terrible things that happened to Mel during her childhood that we just gloss over. We think it's funny. Mel is Mel talks about how a dude locked her in a treehouse as a kid. And we don't know what happened beyond that. Uh, and then yeah. and then she's talking about how uh, Jacob's spying on her through the window anytime she's in a room changing. Yeah. Dude, she was pulling a Lorraine base. Was she? Okay. She, was yeah, pull- she, she totally. said she was pulling a Lorraine. Yeah, well, why'd you think it was like they were always open okay. just to mess with you? Why yeah. do you think I went up in that treehouse? Yeah. Well, I ho- I'm surprised you weren't in the tree right in front of my house. Yeah, exactly. Like- <laughs> Jacob's up in the... Like McFly, yeah. <laughs> like McFly. Uh, no, but you're right though, and uh, apparently it wasn't like always the a, a great a great thing. You know, John is obviously dealing with some his own demons in this too. He mentions uh, when she comes over the first time. I think if, if we're there, are we there yet? Um, what are, are we, we talking yet? about? So no, it says John, Ariel's already been over to John's house the first time. Okay, we've not gotten to coitus uninterruptus. Okay, fuck yeah, dude. coitus interruptus. Can't coitus. Uninterrupted. Uninterrupted. We will get there, dude. We'll get it. Yeah. So, uh, so she hasn't gone and done the snow angels from the sauna yet. Let's no. move on to scene three. Well, you it. can start it off. I want to okay. talk about it a little bit more. Um, Ossie Davis. Uh, okay. okay. I yep. fucking love Ossie Davis as uh, Chuck. He's super charming. Yes. Um, one of my uh, like favorite actors to see just pop up in random things. Yeah, uh, especially if, like obviously going nostalgia wise when I'm like watching or rewatching a movie like uh, uh, Bubba Hotep, he's awesome and Bubba Hotep is kind of a, a like an Elvis uh, in a nursing home movie. It's super fucking awesome if you haven't seen it and he's great in that. He plays uh, Jack Kennedy, uh, believe it or not. Damn, really? Yeah, Jack Kennedy. <laughs> it's super good, but I love him as Chuck and uh, I like the scene where they obviously see him go into Ariel's yeah. house and then they rush over in the morning to, to a <laughs> shop like, like they have to know, you know, and they're like, um, so how was the turkey at the VFW? You know, it's like, that's, that's the new code for how was fucking that new girl. Yeah. <laughs> <How> was- <laughs> it was 
Marvelous. How, yeah. how, how was stuffing that turkey, huh? Yeah. Yeah. In the new HOA. Yeah. What's going on? Asa Davis don't kiss how was tell. How was burying your boner? <laughs> burying your boner. How was, how was taking your log to the beaver? Yeah. <laughs> how, how was taking old one-eye to oh, the optometrist? To the <laughs> Chuck is going to take a ride on the wild the, baloney the, pony. The, the baloney pony. Have you mounted her yet? Oh, Dad. <laughs> dad. Dad. <laughs> Mounted her. Mount. <laughs> well, she got big thighs. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, no. Well, then what's the problem? <laughs> Times have changed. Anyway, scene three. One evening, John and Ariel have sex, and a jealous Max drives John's Fuck fishing yeah, shanty onto thin ice. They get into a huge argument. Max's comments cause John to end his relationship with Ariel. I love Jack Lemon. Something about his face. This is what talks about how good of an actor he is. Like when he's got like sort of that teary eye look, and like that sad face, and then switches in between a smile. Jack Lemmon is a fantastic actor. These are the kind of actors where you just put a camera on their face, and this is something like in the script that can't be written. Is like a. I noticed this, especially after doing this podcast for two years now, uh, just like picking out an actor kind of like we do and just noticing that like the changes in people's faces and Jack Lemmon is so good at that. And obviously so is Walter Matthau, but you can tell what someone's like, if you can tell what someone's thinking by just seeing a close up of their face, that is acting. And I don't know how the fuck you can teach that. No. I don't think you can. I think it's just something that, again, I think it's 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 like there's some school of of just where they were born into. Yeah. Not even that they came from. It's just that they were born into this, and that's why that's why I associate like Brian Cranston this way too, because like he it. has sure. he has these same mannerisms and these same like these energy bursts that that he's like trying. It's almost like he's got so much energy he's trying to control it, mm. and that's what Jack Lemmon does. And you're right, like. How do you how do you go through like five emotions in a matter of five seconds? Yeah, you know, and and Jack Lemmon can do that, and it's can, great. Can Aaron Paul be Jacob in the remake? <laughs> yes. <laughs> can Steve yes. Buscemi be the bait shop owner? Chuck, Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Uh, if it's not that, then it's Danny Glover. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> no, let's I let's let's go proper. Okay. Gotcha. And, gotcha. And do right, Danny, Danny Glover. So it's Danny Glover. Yeah. yeah. I don't or like that choice. Wesley Snipes. Oh. oh. I don't like old Danny Glover. No one loves it. No, no. I'm I'm fine. I want to tell you why I don't like old Danny Glover. Like I watched Shooter the other day with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. And like something's wrong with Danny Glover's like false teeth, and he yeah. like he's trying to like. Yeah. So yeah, I don't want that. All right, well, well let's let's just recast. Mike, Mike hang on. Okay. He's too old for this. <laughs> <laughs> Will you just please? Uh, maybe we should just restart all Sean. together. I like that joke. <laughs> we'll do we'll do grumpiest old men, and it'll be Mel Gibson and Danny Glover, and we'll just <laughs> fuck <laughs> yes. <that> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and somehow they've reversed roles that that now Danny Glover is Max, and he's the more disheveled one, and. They, Mel Gibson's more the more put together Hang slightly. On. Can we get J.K. Simmons in here somehow? J.K. Simmons. I feel like he's good in this world. Then he, if that's our new casting, then he is the bait shop owner. Okay. Boom. All right. Fine. Or is he the IRS guy? 
IRS. Oh, there it is. Uh, yeah. Got, um, it. Yeah. Got it. All right. Buck Henry, I think, is his name or something like that. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, where the, where the hell were we? Um, we got to talk about um, th- this this argument that they have, because this you, this is a slightly glossed over dialogue that happens here when they're fighting each other. Yeah. Where you don't realize they're basically saying that, like, Max loved um, May. John's wife. May. And, like, John yeah. stole... May from Max. Yeah. And that essentially John is talking shit about May, his wife. And like, she, yeah, she wasn't that great. She wasn't a prize. She wasn't a prize. But then, but then Max is not happy with his wife. He's like, ah, well, whatever. My wife. No, no, he actually does love his wife. He's like, she was the best. She was the best. But mm-hmm. he's still so focused on May. It's right. this is there's some deep-seated backlog going on here that that we don't really get much of a deep. Uh, dive into of what's going on here other than this conversation yeah there's uh, do you do you think it would have been fun or do you think it would have been okay this is a pretty fast movie right oh yeah i mean what is it um like hour and 40 but it's 99 minutes or something like that was it yeah something around yeah yeah 99 yeah so about about an hour 40 yeah not it's i guess not fast but not not long and so um do you think it would have been beneficial to have maybe any of those, um, not flashbacks, but like callbacks to maybe some of their previous life together? Um, I can see that. I, I'm i a big proponent of less is more in like these yeah. kinds of movies, and this is what the movie's about, obviously. We have uh, these two old men, and they have history. I like hinting at that history more yeah. than I do like actually okay. showing it. Yeah, you know, and like we just got done saying, you can see all that history in a close up of them anyway. You yeah, know? and now that they that whole now, fight scene. Now that they're hinting at that, every close up matters even more. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. That's that's to me anyway. But there's also like a, a there could be a, a like a a legacy prequel to this. Yeah, like and who would who would With be the in people that? that we just cast? There you go. I mean, the prequel, obviously thinking, uh, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. Yeah, yeah. As a prequel in the in the in the official prequel. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I think I think uh, whoever I for, sorry I'm forgetting his name, but Nick from New Girl. Oh, uh, Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson is Walter Matthau. You're okay. probably right. Okay. Yeah, I'm just throwing it out there. I, anyway, I, I I can't think of his counterpart at this point, but uh, maybe I will. Um, yeah, you, it it would almost be great to have instead of taking it to almost grumpiest old men, maybe you take it to whatever comes before grumpy, right? <laughs> like disgruntled men, disgruntled <laughs> middle aged men. <laughs> That's just in sales. Ah, I don't like that. Disgruntled. Whoa. It's like it's like okay, so the guys with new girl, but without the new girl. Okay, got it. <laughs> got it. It's like, <laughs> Disgruntable men is American Psycho, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, so I, in in that uh, uh, question that you have, do, do you want that? Do you want more of the backstory ish, or what? Uh, what's your feeling? I feel it? like I feel like it's just one of those creative choices that you have to make, and sure. I, I'm completely fine with it. That's a that's that's just a choice that has to be made. I I like the idea of. Um, of like almost the silent flashbacks kind of things like that are that are like five seconds long, ten seconds long, uh, as they're reflecting in, on their life, you know, mm-hmm. something along those lines that maybe plays a little bit more to it. But would it? Would, do I think it would? Would I guess the question is, would it add more emotional like uh, attachment to, for the audience? Sure. And, and I don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't think I think it's. I just think it's interesting to note that I never I never realized that as a kid that that's what they were talking. That's about. That's a good point. Right. Yeah, and I think that's again as a kid. Again, I didn't really see it as a kid, but when you get to see it now, uh, you certainly 
catch on to that more so um, than than previously. I will so. say during this argument as well, like the, the whole uh, say what what huh what <laughs> you said what like that scene. I wanted more of that comedy. Yes, that because they they did it just like they did it flawlessly. You know, I want oh, more yeah. of that ridiculous like huh. I guess it is kind of a. Uh, like new girl comedy where it's kind of a non sequitur comedy, you know, yeah. like they're obviously, this is the point they're having the fight, but then they have this other, you know, tinge of a fight over here on the side. Yeah. I want more of that comedy in this. You know what I'm saying? I get you. I get you. It's, it's funny. It sometimes that scene in particular, it's like, it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Much like the bar scene later on. So. Yeah. And True. you've got, and you've got Burgess Meredith coming in, you know, kids can't live with them. Can't shoot them. <laughs> but you, it's, it's even though they are all so old, they're still, this scene is him being a dad, breaking up these two kids yeah. that he's probably done his entire life. Yeah. Some things you just never grow out of. Yes. Yeah. And this is like, I'm telling you, man, this maybe is where this, these movies hit you harder the older you get when, when Burgess Meredith is talking to Jack Lemon, and he says that speech, I have it here, that, that one day you wake up and you realize that you're not 81 anymore. And then you begin to count the minutes rather than the days. And then you realize that pretty soon you'll be gone and that all you have, see, is the experiences. That's all there is, John. Everything. The experiences. You mount the woman, son. <laughs> or else you send her out to me. <laughs> like, I fucking love that. That is my yeah. favorite moment of this movie. You have that tattooed. Um, I do. It's that, on my you back. You were going I, to get I, that as we were in order. It's on my back. It's on... Uh, I thought it was on your rib cage no, right no, here. It's no. on your back. No, because, have, oh, because have, you never look behind you. Yeah, I have Bible verses <laughs> okay. on, on my rib cage. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Veritas. And, you know, that's, <laughs> on Aquarius. that's on my hands. Aquarius, <laughs> Veritas, and then he's got... No, I love that. I mean, yeah, I, it's, I, I don't like it like a parenthood. You know, I don't... I didn't like that movie per se because I thought it was too rot with all that bullshit, which I'm like, like I get Like the roller coaster it. speech? Yeah, I'm like, I get it, man. And I... I I relate to it, obviously, and I know that's what you're doing. Uh, but in this, especially with Burgess, Mer Burgess Meredith saying it, <laughs> Meredith Burgess, yeah, um, <laughs> especially with him <laughs> saying it and then punctuating it with his character joke, <laughs> is like that's what parenthood should have been, and that's yeah, what I right, wanted right. to be more, you know. And but that's also what I want more of this movie to be. Yeah. Like I just said, like I want yeah. more of that non sequitur kind yeah. of, you know. There is the point, and then I'm going to make fun of the point that I just made, you know. I want more of that. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, Jack, Jack Lemon, uh, John has a another little moment that he. It's almost like he takes this and he kind of passes it down later on to Melanie, um, and I think we're probably moving in yeah. to that soon. So. Scene four: Jacob is elected mayor, and Max continues courting Ariel. John is upset to learn that Melanie has reconciled with Mike. John and Max are unable to mend their dispute, and John storms out of the bar. Max soon follows and finds John in the snow having suffered a heart attack. Can I ask you guys a question? How old do you think these pe these actors were when they played these roles? Wasn't uh, Burgess Miller supposed to be like 89? He was supposed to be 90, yeah, 89 or something like that. He was 86. 91. 91. He's going to be 96. Yeah. Uh, but interestingly enough, then, he was only 13 years older than Walter Matthau. Right. And 15 or 17 years older than Jack Lemmon. Walter Matthau was 73. Jack Lemmon was 68. Okay. How old do you think Anne Margaret was? Because this is where hard to you know, tell, man. So Jack Lemon being sixty-eight, there's definitely an, a difference of age here. 
Uh, at some point, you don't realize. At some point, you're like, I think I really. They even kind of hint at it. You yeah. Know? No, she doesn't. She doesn't want an old guy like me. Yeah. You know? How old do you think she was? Like at least her real character self or her real person. A real person uh, like yeah. Anne Margaret. Yeah. Fifty five. I don't know. That's yeah, I guess. guess. Uh, yeah. Fifty two. Wow. Okay. So yeah, she she looks stunning for fifty two. Oh my sure. gosh. And there and there definitely is a difference. They are definitely playing on that. Like this shouldn't be a relationship in theory, right? I mean, like yeah. And it does make sense. Seven, sixteen years. Is that is that like how old is she is in the movie? Or we not really? Sure? I don't think we. We're know. just playing to yeah. that. I think something if, like if that. If they hint or... at it, I think probably right. Okay. If like you know, if they hint at like we should you know. Yeah, like I'm too old for you because that's what he says yeah. when he kind of like shoes oh, her man. off, yeah, right? That's a and tough one. That's a really hard scene to watch because, and and it just again that scene also shows the depth of of Max and John's relationship. It is it's like the the like you said the worst of friends or the best of enemies or something yeah. like that, right? And it is it is just so much that that he is willing to forego this and he thinks about his own situation he's going through a tough time oh he's going through a real tough time and and he's he thinks about this and he's just like you know what i just need to, you know i should just let this go what do i have dog you know this is he they're right he's mm -hmm. right why am i dealing with this why do i what do i have to offer and he he shoes her off by by saying like i don't like you coming around here i'm okay with being alone and and like i'm i've i'm way too old for you it's it's uh, it's just such a it's kind of a heartbreaking scene it's the equivalent of ripping off a band-aid like yeah. he just goes for it he yeah. really that does hurts. it hurts so you can see it in her eyes too she's just like what she's very good i mm. i and speaking of uh, on her a little bit more too like it, the peppiness and like and the go-getterness of her especially her being 55 which is young yeah in my opinion uh i i just think she's the perfect kind of energy level for these two you know, mm. like she's the perfect hitch into their giddy up. Right. Yeah. She, yeah. This is this is the the what the horse that they're going to tie their wagon to, right? Hey, all that right. They could, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's play on that a little, a little bit more. more guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys like metaphors? Yeah. Here you go. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. What was I going to say? <laughs> we sound old. Sorry, oh, bro. I was, I was just going <laughs> to. You got to. You got to put a little bit more hitch in your giddy up because otherwise you're just going to miss out. And you. You know uh, what we're doing now? Cooking with gas. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Not that charcoal. Anyways, no. Uh, what I was going to say is there is that moment too where. Um, Max comes flying in on the snowmobile yep. with her. Yep. And you kind of think back to like when John did that and everything and how they, that was, it was like kind of the start of that, of, uh, of his youth coming back yep. or if, if that's the way you want to put it. Right. Sure. And, and you kind of see how happy it makes Max though, too. And then it kind of adds this heartbreaking by the end of this movie, it starts to get kind of heartbreaking for Max, in my opinion. I think the whole thing's heartbreaking for Max. We're learning that John essentially stole the love of his life. God, yeah, you're right. And now he can't. Now he's losing another girl that he re is really interested in, both God. to John. He says, "I can't." Yeah, and he even says, "Like I can't wait for another Amy." It's it's too, mm -hmm. I'm too old, you know. Yeah. The wife that he did, yeah. you know. Um, oh man, you're right. Yeah, it starts to become lonely, grumpy old man. You know. Yeah. It's uh, it is very sad to see, and like. You 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 see this uh, with like she moves on, quote unquote. Like I guess, so are, like quick. are they dating? We we don't like, really she, know. She like obviously establishes that they're friends, and he's you know not that okay with it. Yeah, as we see, but um, still like the, I guess she, he ripped off the bandaid. Maybe not. That's her doing it now. Right. Uh, she's right. not doing it maliciously. I don't think. Mm. But yeah, it's it's still a little weird. Like there's some, but it also like calls into 
an account where like this is young people problems. <laughs> you know, like yeah. this this happened to them when they were young. And then this has happened to me when I've, you know, when I was young, <laughs> 31. Uh, <laughs> you know, this happened to me in like my 20s and shit, you know? Like uh there was, you know, like the the whole triangle kind of thing, you know? And it's and I'm looking back on it now, it's just like why? Why the fuck did I even deem that any importance, you know? And but now this is happening like it just it just kind of shows where um they want a little bit more pep to their life i guess they want a little bit more company to their lives but this is what they get out of it you know yeah it calls into question for me anyway that kind of bullshit it's kind of full circle yeah um and seeing as especially as we've gotten to this point in in the movie and everything of you're always looking back you know you're always looking back you're always yearning for the years prior sean prior even and uh (laughs) and and like I think about with John and everything and, and after the whole fight that they have and even before then, he's just like, he's like Jacob is like standing there with him and they're watching. He's, it's just like, he's just sitting there like, ah, I haven't had sex in 15 years. It's just like <laughs> Pat's shoulder with strangely moisturized hand in the dominant hand that he has. And he's just like, Oh my God. Like he just, he just moved on from this part of his life that he tries to let go of, you know, after we have to assume that that's at least how long his wife has maybe been gone or, Mm -hmm. and, um, and that you're just, you never really move past it until something else is going to bring you out of it. And it's, uh, it's pretty heartbreaking on, on all fronts, but I got to tell you, the best parts of this is when he tells off Shooter McGavin, and then he gets to walk down to Slippery's. Yes. That's got to be a core memory for him. I love that, and I'm so glad that Slippery's is not a strip club, because that would be super fucking <laughs> weird name for a strip, strip club to have. It's an actual bar in Wabash. That's what I heard. Like, yeah. we could go to it. In fact, Slippery's... wait. This is directly to you, Slipperies and Wabashaw. We would like to come out and sit around in your bar this summer. You got to tap a keg, tap two kegs, because yes. we're bringing Logan, we're bringing our whole team. So come we're on. just going to sit there and we're going to do grumpy Earl yeah. old men yeah. inside of your oh, bar. Yeah. We're just going to sit there, cross our arms, and drink. And, <laughs> yeah. Ah, the youth these and days. And I just, well, you know, I, the reason I came down here to, to see you is to, well, to tell you, because I wanted you to know. <laughs> Just tell him you're so stubborn. <laughs> I just love that. That it's like it takes like six sentences. Yeah. That will be me when I'm older. Yes. It's going to take six sentences for me to actually make a fucking point. You know? <laughs> or an apology. <laughs> or an apology. Or, or thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you know the reason, like, they don't touch on this. This was in the script, but they didn't really do it in the movie. The original script was that you know the reason why Mike and Melanie were not getting along at that point? Mm. Because Mike was chasing his dream of being a pro golfer. And so he was spending all of his time out on the course, learning how to golf. And he just really wasn't spending time at home. And like, she didn't think he had a future golfing, but he's like, no, I do. Like I am a good golfer. I just need to spend as much time as I can on the course. No kidding. And so, yeah, you know, about, I think they, they get, they finally break it off. And then about a year later, he he has his major breakthrough and uh, decides uh, to change his name to shooter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mike he, McGavin. He moves out a little bit more east. Yep. Um, actually, he moves to Waterbury. I think. Yeah, somewhere around Waterbury. Yeah. yeah. Find yeah, find yeah. find success. A little bit too much success, you yep. could say. Yeah, and yeah. then and too then, too fast. Yeah. Yep. And then Mike Shooter McGavin 
is born. Yeah. yeah, his nickname's always been Shooter. He yeah. just went by Mike. Right. When it he was, was family. In his family. Professional yeah. name. Yeah. You can't, like, if you're dating someone, you can't get the in-laws to call you Shooter. No. no. Like, yeah. you, you got to go by your first name. Right. Yeah. You can't give yourself a nickname. No. Unless you get paid for it. Unless it's you know. squirrely. <laughs> like me and the marching band. Well done, dude. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> All right, before just, just j- hey, just like <laughs> just like that green jacket, he still couldn't find a bottle opener, right? Am I right, guys? Ah, oh, let's, right. let's cut that joke out. All, All right. right, no, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, before we move on, though, this man, this is a heartbreaking scene. Yeah, the the, yeah. the when he when he finds him uh, oh keeled gosh. over from the heart attack, you're just like, oh my god, I hate, I hate. This scene, it's so sad. Is, is this also the scene where he visits him in the hospital? Or is that not yet? Okay. This is this is him finding him and yeah, and no, asking for help. You never want to see an old man go down. <laughs> like that's just that's just the hard alone, truth. alone. Exactly. Too. Like his yes. whole, the no. issue of this is that they are all alone right now. Yeah, and now he's going to die in the snow outside of a house of people of celebrating people. for Christmas. Yes. A full house Ugh. celebration, family. We assume family celebration, what have you, of of Christmas on Christmas Eve, and he just goes down in the snow. And um, to, you, you know, you see, I, I just it's another thing about uh, these two together. You really see the concern in in Walter Matthau's yep. like face. Now that things are real. There's where their friendship lies. Exactly. You know, you can be you can be upset with somebody all day, but it's like, hey, you're not supposed to die before I do. <laughs> it's they're basically yeah. like an old married couple. Yeah, exactly. you know what I mean. Yeah, and, yeah. and he and he runs up to him, and and I love that line. It's like, I don't want to die. The last thing looking at your face. Yeah. Well, and it's I don't want to die. Looking at your face. <laughs> like your it's old. a devil sided yeah. thing. Like I don't want to die. I really don't want to die yet. Also, I don't want to die looking at you. Well, it's, your face. It's, it's the thing, to, like that's as he's saying, like I don't want to look at your face while I die. It's it's like the burden, like because they don't want one to die before the other. It's the burden that oh. they'll have to carry. You know, not 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 necessarily the burden that they're dead, but the burden that like they got to go before they did. And then, yeah, and then the even more eternal loneliness loneliness that will be that now they know they don't have each other anymore. Right, right. even though they hate each other, they, don't, they don't have each other. Yeah. Because there's always that underlying thing that you'll always find something to complain about, right? Mm-hmm. No matter how happy your life gets, it seems like you can almost there, – there's a point of your life that is so happy because you have one – even if it's so small, something to complain about. And if you can complain about something, it, it can make – it can brighten you up a little bit because it's almost therapeutic. And these guys – that has become such a major part of their lives is the fact that they have each other to complain about. And if I lose you, what the hell am I going to complain about? Yeah. And it's that's it's like, beautiful and sad at the right, same moment. Right. It's like how old are they? Like, and if if I don't have you, who else? Who else am I, am I gonna you know unload on? You know who yeah. else? Who who else am I gonna have to, uh, you know, get out all my grievances on? You know, correct. I I, I like that sentiment a lot. Yeah. So scene five, Max brings Ariel to reconcile with John. While he recovers in the hospital, Max and Jacob work on resolving John's debt. Spring arrives and John and Ariel get married. As a wedding gift, Max informs John that he and Jacob have paid off the debt. Max leaves to find a date of his own as Jacob and an officially divorced Melanie begin a new romance with each other. Hit it! If we were on a train to go punch a face, I'm on board. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Jack Lemmon. I'm joking. Yeah. There is no Piece punchable faces in this movie other than it's not even Shooter McGavin. It no. is the IRS agent. 
Oh yeah. Okay. That that is the only. I mean, we just got to get out of the way. That's the punchable face, especially. He's not so bad in the beginning. He's like just doing his job, you know. But yeah. but towards the end, like that job becomes a lot more resentful. I'm sorry if you are an IRS agent out there and that's your job, but you chose to be a masochist, and that's on fucking you. <laughs> you deserve to be fucking punched for choosing so this you, job. We can't humanize the goons here. We can't humanize somebody for we're just not, doing we're their not job. Humanizing government workers. Oh wow. No, they're not wow. human. I was gonna try at least a little. <laughs> Think Think about this. Think about this. He's got to go out there. As he says, every couple of days, he has to drive out. We don't even know where his office is no, at. No clue. Probably Milwaukee. He has to drive out to the suburb, the small town, whatever it happens to be, Wabasha, and go out to this house and knock and drop off the same letter every single, like, three days. You know what? Yeah. Yo. You know what the definition of psychopath is? Yeah. yeah. Doing the same thing and not getting the and getting the same result every time. When you're right, you're right. Um, but <laughs> I'm American just saying, psycho. You know, aren't you aren't you going to resent the person at least a little bit who keeps putting you through this? Yeah, like you're finally getting your your payoff moment. Yeah. You've been doing this for years and yeah. you finally got this guy. And you know that he's there. And then by the way, he blows you off again when you actually set an appointment with him. But he's off gallivanting around on a snowmobile with some minks. But but when he finally gets caught, he goes, come with me. And they he gets in a car with him. But yeah. then he has to take a cab home. Exactly. So, like, yeah, I'm not feeling it. I'm, okay. I'm not humanizing this We're goon. not going to humanize this I'm not goon. humanizing this goon. No. There you go. There's no humanity. Get to on out of here. This is where this is where I can't decide if I like this movie or not. Because the second one does the exact same thing. Mm. Where... This movie's like sort of resolved, and then all of a sudden we're like we're like six months in the future. You know, uh, there the second I watched the second one today too, and it does the same thing where you're like, and then you're kind of going, who's getting married and what's going on here? It skips so much, so much moments of like things that are happening, and it just goes to the payoff of the end. Like yeah. they're getting married, and oh look, they're getting married, and it's great. I still can't decide if I like that or not. Did it have you fooled? Can I ask you that? The, yes. The first time, the first time I saw it, um, I was just like, "What? Yeah. Who's doing this?" Yeah. So I think that was probably the point, right? Yeah. Who's actually getting married here? No, because well, it was who, a funeral. That's what it I was mean. A funeral, right? right? Like they thought it was a funeral. Like, who wears a bow tie to a funeral? Uh. Ah. Because that was the thing, and and even at even at one point, even at one point, um, uh, my wife walked in and she's like, "Oh wait, who died?" Because yeah, she had been yeah, watching it yeah, intermittently, yeah. like as I'd been watching it a few times, she was catching pieces and parts, and then like I, she walked in at the end of it this last time, and she's like, "Well, wait, who died?" And I was like, ah, "Well, do you remember, um, um, you know, remember and just McGavin? just buying time with silence, <laughs> <laughs> and just like just be like, you know, because." Uh, well, and then and then he takes off his jacket and he's in a tux, yeah. you know, and uh, and then you see him all there. Yeah, exactly. Because everybody's crying. Like I know, looks like a hearse, not crying. a yeah. Dude, and speaking of crying before this, like I said, kind of towards the beginning, where I don't want to see any old man cry, but Walter Matthau looks like a sad basset hound when he cries, and I can't take Ugh. it. You know, it's just like a droopy eyes Dude. and everything when he's, like, looking at John in the in the hospital bed. Yeah. I can't take it. Well, the moment the moment when he walks in and, and he's like, John John Gustafson? And she goes, family or friend? And he's like, what? Yeah. She goes, are you a family or a friend? And he's just like, oh, I'm both. <laughs> you know, know, like, that was his realization is, like, I'm both. Yeah, like, the, I, this, yeah it's exactly. He doesn't know what to say because... 
he's never thought of himself as a friend. Or well, at least not in a long time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's never thought of himself as a friend of John, right? But then when it comes down to it, and they ask you, are you family or a friend? You have to make a decision because if you say, I'm not, I'm neither, I'm his, na- I'm his neighbor or yeah. something like that, then they're not letting you in, you know? And you just, he's like, I'm, I'm a friend. I'm a friend. But he just looks so, and to the fact that the, the staff is kind of blowing him off too. That's also a really hard thing to watch. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think that that happens like all too often um, in in society, just in our world of just, you know, whatever you want is not important, old person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just, it's like, oh man, it's like it's really sad. He's just getting waved off the whole time. Yeah. So, um, but then again, I guess you know, I don't know if you guys knew this though. But Walter Walter Matthau's character Max actually has a, a righteous set of tools that he used to repair TVs with. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm pretty sure that he is just Spicoli's dad <laughs> that we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, he knows all about TVs. He used yeah. to be a TV repairman, and he's got a, a wicked set of tools that he can go back is Spicoli, and fix that TV. Is Spicoli disowned at this point? Are I we think so. That's why we're not talking Moved about to it. California. Right. He's like he's not he's not spending his like he's a surfer. He's not spending. He's not doing. He's not he's not cruising the nar as in the powder. He's cruising the nar in water form. He just couldn't take it being there in Wabasha and trying to go ice fishing all the time. He was too cooped up. He'd rather be surfing waves, not drilling through them, and he had to he had to get out of there, bro. And fishing for babes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, man. That's just what it is. I like it. Okay, this is the first movie that I can remember that had funny outtakes. <laughs> yeah, and that still this still makes me smile and laugh. I love watching it. these outtakes. Did you did you stick around to the very end? Yes. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I had never seen that before. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, all the way at the very end, it gets th- it goes through the the compilation of outtakes and then it goes to the credits. But at the very end, it says it's Walter Walter Matthau Matthau. in a tub. <laughs> And he goes, if I knew there was a nude scene, I would have asked for another million. <laughs> it's like he's like scrubbing his back or something like that in a tub. It's just it's a it's another it's another just I'm this old and there's no shame anymore yeah. in my life. Like and I'm I'm happy to do it, like for the payoff. You and know? I can't wait to get to that point, man. I know. I know. That's well, you guys great. got anything else you want to talk about in this movie? No. Yeah. We have dissected it with a modern eye. We stripped away the nostalgia. AJ, you'd never seen this before. What is your modern day rating on this movie? It's surprising how much how much fun I had watching this movie. I I the very my my first watch of this, I was like, okay, I better I got to try and make it through this. I threw on the subtitles. I I had it playing and uh and I I really saw my I found myself getting drawn back in. And this is, we've talked about some movies like this before. This is a hang, I, I feel like this is a hangout movie mm. of older folks, mm. you know, of older so not guys. It's cool, but like, it's, you know, it's it might not cool. be, but it's the way that they hang out, you know? It's, <laughs> cool. a, it's, it's, a, I'm not saying it's the dazed and confused of, of 70 year olds, 80 year olds. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. You guys let us know. <laughs> but here's the thing chasing the muff around, chasing the muff around. <laughs> Brick Um, 
But no, I think, I, but I really did have a good time, and it's it's one of those things that did finally kind of pay. There was some payoff to it, but at the same time, it's really just watching these these guys on this block interact and how it gets kind of changed upside down on them, right? Um, so I did really enjoy it. I thought it was very funny. I love Jack Lemmon. He's probably one of my all-times. Uh, Walter Matthau is definitely up there as well. And uh, I, I think that throughout the casting, the the jokes are there. Everything's very funny. It's just, it's just, uh, it's it doesn't. Nothing sends me over the top, right? So that being said, I don't think I can give it more than a seven point three. Seven point three, Sean. How about you? Uh, yes, yes. Mm. Um, I. <laughs> Like back in the day, Uh-oh. like AJ said, and I said in the beginning of this, this was like a like I want to watch Ed, Ed and Eddie, and I I do believe that without Jack Lemmon, Walter Matthau, Ooh. and Burgess Meredith, and Meredith Burgess, and Margaret, that and Chris McDonald, that this wouldn't be a good movie. I wouldn't want to watch this ever. And when I got done with this for the rewatch, I was like, I probably won't ever watch that movie again, and maybe I won't, but. I liked talking about it more than I did watching it. I think I had a better time with you fellas discussing it than I did watching it. Um, I think it's a, like I said, the comparing it to parenthood, I get the message, I get everything, but it is, it is also amplified by the performers in it. Um, I do have to say, uh, if you are a fan of Walter Matthau, a younger performance of him in the seventies movie called Charlie Varick. Uh, it's, it's a bank robber movie gone wrong. And it also has Joe Don Baker. Can't go wrong with it. It's a fucking masterpiece. Uh, my favorite, uh, Walter Matthau performance, but I'm going to have to give this a, um, I'm a 5.95. 5.95 Mm. for the Shauner. Um, you know, I'm kind of right in the middle of you guys. Like, uh, nostalgically, I, I really love the memories of watching this movie, probably more than I like the movie. The early 90s cliches really hurt this. <laughs> like, really hurt this. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Cool. No, if, if, you <laughs> took, if you took Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon out of this movie... My God, even if you just pulled Burgess Meredith out of it, like you're just with each actor you take out of this movie, you're pulling it down like a whole point, Mm. if not more. Um, So, you know, like I really love the message of, you know, stop being lonely, like put have people around in your life, get out of your routine, have friends. Those are the things that make life worth it. The experiences are all that life is about. And I will stand by that forever. Like us just taking our trip out there, like. I won't forget that. You literally will never have. forget that because that is literally all we have. We won't remember the money we spent to get out there, but we'll remember the time we had when we were out there. So I love the message. I'm gonna call it I'm gonna call it a six point eight one is what I'm gonna call it. So that takes us to a six point six nine for a modern day rating. It's not great, um, but it's it's okay. That's gonna put it at number fifty-four. That is slightly better than Cool Runnings and slightly below Parenthood. I'm okay with that. This, my, wait, my, th- I might have brought Parenthood up from my final vote compared to that. So parent, it goes Parenthood, Grumpy Old Men, Cool Runnings. That needs to be reversed. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, I no. wonder if we're <laughs> going to have a segment coming up where we'll actually be able to change things yeah. like that. Yeah. I think that's a that's a great that's that's where I would want this movie in our oeuvre. Is, it's is about, about the there. middle of the pact of yeah. any movie we've done so it's far. Fair. That's fair. 
Well, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks for being here. Bunch of great movies coming out. We got a bonus episode on Monday that is beyond special. You're not going to want to miss this. Followed by Blues Brothers. Cannot wait to talk about that. And then we kind of messed up the order in the past weeks, but (laughs) then we will finally be getting to Kindergarten Cop. We've been talking about it for Uh, a while. Once you hear our bonus episode on Monday, you'll understand more about Kindergarten Cop. I forgot we even recorded that. (laughs) How could you? How could you ever forget that? How could you forget that experience? Because the experience did, like, it clouded clouded work. That's work. (laughs) Wow, dude. And if you're new to the podcast, go back this time last year. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, there the quintessential Thanksgiving movie. This Grumpy Old Man was great because this is this is getting me in the holiday spirit. This is a overarching holiday movie. Like this goes through Thanksgiving into Christmas. And yeah, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, in my opinion, is the quintessential Thanksgiving movie. You need to watch it this year if you haven't seen too. it in a long time. We need, to, we need to revisit John Candy too. He's a yes, comeback. and don't forget we have a voicemail call us at three one nine eight zero four ninety five ninety six. Leave us some feedback. Here is today's voicemail. Hey, it's, it's Michael. Uh, yeah, I recently turned on Two Guys Podcast, thanks to Bert Kreischer. I love it. I literally listened to 80% of the of your podcast and love everyone. Thank you for doing Hook. That's probably my favorite one so far. Hell yeah. Um, so you guys mentioned it like every other podcast. Why haven't you done it? You guys need to do The Room oh. by the infamous Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. Uh, then you could have a competition of what has more name-calling, The Lost Boys with Michael, <laughs> or The Room yeah. with Mark. Yes. Just a thought. Oh, hi, Mark. Love you guys. Keep up the great work. And every podcast brings me back to my childhood, so you are definitely accomplishing your goals. Thank you, guys. Keep up the good work. Bye. Damn right. I love it, man. Thanks, Thanks so much for call. calling in, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, I I hope to God. What year was the room? That's like, I want to say early 2000s, maybe. Okay, because we, we officially, you may not know this, we yeah. said that we say early 2000s, <clears throat> 2007 That's the is apparently our cutoff at right. this point. Now, we have ventured below 1980. We did summer of 70s, so it's not out of the room. 2003. Mm, it, it fits well in there. Within. Well within, man. He's uh, he's with us all the time. Yeah, he's uh, watching over us all the time up here. If I you can't tell. I really want to get to that. I think that um, there's a, something to be said about movies like that. That if they are technically bad, it doesn't mean that they are bad movies. If it's extremely entertaining, like the room is, <laughs> Three Ninjas. Yeah, great podcast episode. No yeah. oh. shitty movie <laughs> made for a, made for a wonderful episode. <laughs> I would love to just tear other things apart like we did Three Ninjas. We need a new Three Ninjas. We do. So let's do the room. All right. (laughs) Let's put it on the, yeah, let's put it on the calendar. Yeah, we'll get there. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you're watching, that's even better on YouTube. Uh, We really do appreciate it. Make sure you're leaving a five-star review uh, wherever you can. That's on Spotify now. But you can also write us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love reading through them so much. And uh, find us on social media at Confused Breakfast anywhere on that social meds, bruh. Yeah, dude. Go to confusedbreakfast.com to get any merch you would like. Confused Breakfast shirts, little sayings that we have. Ratings on website is what I just read on Mike's phone. So uh, I was trying to give Sean a new fun thing to say at the end. <laughs> go, go check out the ratings on our website. 
um, <laughs> and buy merch. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. Sean. Like I can read cue cards, but I, it's hard for me, even with my Felix like, Grayson. Like, look at this phone. Look. Look at this uh, photo. Look at this photo. What, I what's that say? I don't have my cheaters. It's on. literally what's just a photo on? of your balls. I just saw. Sean, I'm so sorry. I screwed your segment. Basically, what John's trying to say, go to confusedbreakfast.com and we have ratings of all the movies we've done. You can also sign up at patreon.com slash confusedbreakfast to join us, support us, and get all the bonus content. This show is produced by LAS, LAS, I said Elias, LAS Media Group here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. They do all our amazing stuff for us. We got Logan in yeah. the room. It feels good to be back in our studio. You bet. Learn mm. more about them at lasmediagroup.com. That's it for us. Goodbye. Goodbye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.